Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter with me, Lauren. Me, Graham. Well, we're reflecting on obviously the Euros. It is all about to kick off very, very soon as well as the National League and the League Two final as well. Got the wall chart already for the Euros now. Mum's banned me from putting it in the lounge, Dad. Where, where's in a suitable place to put this wall chart? I can't just have it on my lap. Uh, the lounge. Okay, well, we're going to try and see if we can put it up in the lounge. Maybe just make sure there's no blue tap marks or something like that. So the wall chart is ready. We are going to be starting the Euros very, very soon. And I'm going to be rounding up basically just all the groups in the Euros who we potentially think are the players to watch out for in each team and just kind of give a little bit of a rundown, really, of the Euros. And like I said, you're going to reflect on the National League and League Two as well. So obviously the Euros, you've got 24 teams, six groups of four, Played across 11 cities, European cities, and the semi-final and finals are going to be held at Wembley, which is very exciting. Mostly it's going to be two teams from each group that qualify, but there are going to be four best third place teams as well that are going to be going through to the next round. So there are going to be some third team places that are going to go through. So I'm going to round up teams, uh, groups A, B and C. And in group A, you've got Turkey, Italy, Wales and Switzerland. Straight off the top of your head, Dad, out of Turkey, Italy, Wales and Switzerland, who are you going to win the group? Uh, Italy, yeah. Yeah, same. So Italy, world ranking of seventh. Roberto Mancini is their manager and obviously previously managed Manchester City. Really good manager. They've been playing really well. They've had eight consecutive wins, all without conceding a goal. They've got Jorginho. He's probably the main player that from England we necessarily know. Um, but overall, they haven't really got too many big, big names but I very much think they might get a little bit further in the competition. Um, and they've got Turkey, world ranking of 29. They've done really well recently. I think they beat Germany. Um, players that we might recognise, Soyan Chai from Leicester. Also Wales, world ranking of 17th. Robert Page is the manager. Obviously Gareth Bale is probably their main man to watch. Um, I think they've also got a couple of... Who's the guy from Stoke City? He's played for Stoke City. Is it Joe Allen? Uh, yeah, Joe Allen. Yeah. Joe Allen. Um, and then you've also got Switzerland, world ranking of 13, which I didn't realise, so they're higher than Wales. And players you might recognise, Shakiri obviously plays for uh, Liverpool. So from that group, Italy, we're thinking going to win. And then I'm probably going to say that Turkey might come second based on their form. Who do you think might come second? Turkey, Wales, Switzerland. Dad. Turkey, yeah. And then in group B, you've got Denmark, Finland, Belgium and Russia. Who are you going to win that one? Uh, Belgium, yeah. Yeah, you think so. Belgium, they are world ranking number one in the world. Roberto Martinez, obviously formerly managed Wigan. Um, he's a manager. Lots of players will recognise in the Premier League. De Bruyne, Lukaku, Tielemans. Not sure if Eden Hazard's fit. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Um, but they've got a brilliant team. And then also you've got Denmark, world ranking of 10th. Always in and amongst it, aren't they, Denmark, really, when they do World Cups and Euros. Ericsson will recognise, obviously, formerly played for Spurs. Um, Russia, world ranking of 38. <clears throat> Not many two players that I recognise, but they have got a six foot six, very tall captain and forward called Zenit, who apparently is one to watch out for on set pieces. And then finally, Finland, world ranking of 54. Main player we'll probably recognise as Puki from Norwich City. But I think we're both agreeing that we're thinking Belgium are going to win that group. And then probably on paper, you'd say that Denmark probably will come second. Yep. And then Group C, you've got Holland, Ukraine, Austria and North Macedonia. Uh, who are you going to win that one? 
Uh, Holland. Yes, I'd agree. They're probably the favourites. But overall, that group, world rankings-wise, none of those teams are in the top 10. So you think it's probably the weakest group out of the whole of the Euros. Holland, a world ranking of 16th. Not too many players. I think Wijnaldum they've got. They've got a 21-year-old centre-back, Delict, who's very, very good and a lot of big teams really admire him. Um, so Holland, you presume, will be the favourites. But then you've also got Ukraine, world ranking of 24. Andrei Shevchenko is their manager. Obviously, formerly played for Chelsea. Players you'd recognise in Chenko, obviously defender from Manchester City. But again, Ukraine are one of those teams that always seem to get pick up some points here and there and get some results. Um, Austria, world ranking of 23. David Alaba from Bayern Munich is probably their main man to watch. And North Macedonia, I think it's their first time through to this stage of the Euros. Got a world ranking of 62. Uh, 200 to 1, the bookies at the moment. And their star player is Gora Pendev, who's their striker, 37 years old from Genoa. So, again, you think Holland will win that, but are Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia, who are you thinking going to be second? Uh, difficult. Probably Ukraine, maybe. Yeah, I think it's going to be quite a tricky one. So that's a roundup from those first three Euros groups. So last bank holiday Monday, the final game from the top four divisions was played at Wembley. Morecambe versus Newport, Newport. Desperately trying to get back into League One, having got relegated last year, and Morecambe uh, never been uh, to the heady heights of the third tier. So, again, very keen to get there. Derek Adams, manager. Match went to extra time. It was a bit of a stalemate. 60% of the play to Newport, 24 shots on goal. Uh, sorry, 24 shots versus 11 from Morecambe. Five on target versus two from Morecambe. 12 corners, Newport, only three Morecambe. So Newport bossed the whole match, but uh, went to extra time, nil-nil. They couldn't uh, sort themselves out in normal time. Uh, one of the interesting cameos, Ellison, 42-year-old, the oldest player ever in uh, the playoffs. Ex-Morecambe, falling out with the manager there, Derek Adams. So there was a lot of press before the match. They'd had a confrontation uh, in a previous match anyway, nothing really came of that, but managed to get to the 107th minute before the first goal. A hotly disputed penalty. Two big penalty decisions, really. Uh, Newport were incredibly upset. They should have had a, well, apparently, they had a very, very strong penalty claim denied. And then Mendes Gomez penalty uh, was very soft, apparently. So 107th minute, Mendes Gomez stepped up and uh, scored the hotly disputed penalty to put Morecambe into the... Uh, into League One for the first time in over 100 years, hard to believe, really, and leave Newport stranded in League Two, which they won't be particularly happy about. So, yeah, well done, Morecambe. Incredible, really. So the Shrimpers in League One and, um, yeah, fantastic. Rant this week. So I was looking at some of the headlines and I've just decided that I'm kind of fed up with the constant rumour that Jadon Sancho is potentially going to Manchester United from Borussia Dortmund. It feels like every transfer window for the last two years, we've been having the same conversations. They're price tagging him at £81.5 million. And I don't watch enough of Borussia Dortmund to play. I know a lot of people rave about Jadon Sancho. I'm only really going off what I see in an England shirt. And as of yet, I personally can't see that price tag. Um, however, he he is a very good player. So, yeah, I'm a bit fed up that we're just constantly having the same conversation. Either just go or don't. I think Manchester United need to stop trying to go for him if it keeps on failing to happen. Either this transfer is going to be the final transfer that they get him or not. Also, I'm not 100% sure if they need him necessarily. We've got Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Greenwood. 
I would, if I was Manchester United, be looking for a centre-back because if Maguire, I mean, hopefully he's not going to be out for long and he'll hopefully should be back fit for the Premier League, but they seem very dependent on Maguire. Bailly and Lindelof, without him, look pretty weak. So uh, where do you sit with Jadon Sancho and I Manchester United? I agree with all that. Yeah, I don't know what uh, all the fuss is about, to be fair. I'm not sure. So, yeah, I just think, please let this be the last rumour mill. Either let it happen or just leave it now because it's getting a bit annoying, really. That's But, yeah, I'm not sure how Manchester United fans feel about it. So that's my rant this week. Uh, I'm going back to the uh, League 2 playoff at Wembley and uh, Derek Adams, the manager of Morecambe, who, I mean, what an amazing job to get them in the uh, third tier for the first time in 100 plus years history uh, and then he goes and uh, leaves the club and goes back down to League 2 to manage Bradford which um, that's ridiculous which seems very strange like you've got to imagine it's a, a decision driven by money you would have thought a better deal at Bradford and Bradford are a big club they get once the fans are back in they get far bigger gates and Morecambe they're a big team ex-Premier League etc so yes he's gone to a bigger team but just seems a real shame for Morecambe that they've had a successful their most successful season ever Celebrating with the manager who leaves a couple of days after the yeah, that's ridiculous. Up, which is what a shame. But never mind. Good luck to Derek Adams at uh, at Bradford. More roundups from the Euros. Got groups D, E, and F, and obviously going to go in a little bit more detail about Group D because that is England's group. We have got Croatia, Scotland, and Czech Republic. So Croatia world ranking of 14th, 34-year-old uh, Luka Modric. Obviously, we've known him from Tottenham Hotspur, Real Madrid. He's their main player to watch, really. Best ever, they got into the quarterfinals of the Euros, but obviously they beat us in the semi-final of the 2008 World Cup. But we did beat them in the Nations League later on that year. So very much quite big rivals, actually, Croatia. We seem to face them a fair bit in Euros and World Cups. And then you've got Scotland, world ranking of 44. This is their first major tournament in 23 years. Managed by Steve Clark, um, played for St Mirren and played a lot for Chelsea. He also was assistant manager at Chelsea, I think under Mourinho. I saw pictures of him with Mourinho. Um, and he also was assistant manager at West Ham, Liverpool. He's managed other teams as well. They've got a good uh, team on paper, actually, Scotland. If you think they've got... Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson on the wings, uh, Shea Adams, McTominay in midfield. So, yeah, I think they'll be interesting and they'll definitely favour themselves to get somewhere in the group. And then you've got Czech Republic, world ranking of 40. They have qualified for every Euros tournament since the country's inception. So they're always in and amongst the mix, the Czech Republic. They beat England 2-1 in qualifying and drew with Belgium in March, which is very good. But they also did lose to Bulgaria, Kosovo and Scotland recently. Well-organised team, apparently. And the main player to watch out for, obviously, Suchek, West Ham midfielder, who's had a brilliant season for the club. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting group. A lot of chat about England and we're a young team and... This extra year wait, has it been a prime opportunity for players like Phil Foden, Mason Mount, Jude Bellingham, who I never really heard of and he looks like a really good talent. Who do you think is going to be winning that group? England just. Okay. And then who do you think is going to be England's potential star player across, even if we got knocked out in the quarters, who do you think might be that player that potentially has scored the most goals or stood out the most? I think goal scoring, obviously Kane probably, mm-hmm. and then 
Uh, Grealish, I think if they give Grealish um, a start in all the matches, he could do something. Yeah, he's looked good. I haven't even mentioned the fact that we've won both our friendlies, 1-0. I mean, there weren't much to scream and shout about, but we won them. And yeah, I think Grealish getting some pitch time has been really good for the team. So I'm, I'll talk a little bit more about where you think England are going to finish later. But to quickly round up Group E, you've got Spain, Sweden, Poland and Slovakia. Who are we thinking is going to win that one? Uh, Spain. I would agree. Spain, world ranking of six. I was reading, interesting, Laporte is there in defence for them. Obviously, Laporte plays for Manchester City, born in France, but I think family or it's got somehow links to Spain, so he's now playing for Spain. Busquets is their captain, but actually it's just been announced that he's uh, been tested for positive for COVID, so I'm not sure how that's going to work. Uh, Sweden, world ranking of 18th. Apparently their midfielder from RB Leipzig is definitely one to watch. Emil Forsberg, very creative player. Poland, world ranking of 21. Obviously their main one is Lewandowski, who's had a fantastic season at Bayern Munich. So he's definitely their main focal point. And then Slovakia, world ranking of 36. And they've got their centre-back from Inter Milan, Skriniar. Apparently he's a, a tall lad who's very, very good. So, yeah, we're thinking Spain going to win. And then I think it's going to be quite close between Sweden and Poland. I think with Lewandowski in the form he's in, I'm probably going to go Poland to come second in that group. What about you? Yeah, me as well. And then Group F, finally, you've got Hungary. This is probably the worst group out on the all in terms of the most competitive. Hungary, Portugal, France and Germany. Who do you think is going to win? France. Their favourites and tip to win the whole thing. They've got a world ranking of two. Managed by Didier Deschamps and their team, they've got very good players. Mbappe, Benzema, Olivier Giroud, Griezmann, they've got a very, very good team. World ranking of 12th is Germany. They've also got a good, good, good team, got Kai Havertz, obviously, Nabri, Sane, Portugal. World ranking of 5th, they've got Ronaldo, obviously, Bruno Fernandes, Jota, Rui Patricio in goal. And Hungary, obviously outsiders in that group, world ranking of 37, 200 to 1. And they've got a six foot four striker, um, Sazlai, who's obviously one to watch as well on set pieces. I'm thinking, yeah, France to win the group. And then out of Portugal and Germany, I probably would go Portugal to come second. I'm going to go Germany, I think. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, that's the roundup from the Euros, I suppose. Overall, who are you thinking is going to win outright the competition? France. Yeah, they're the favourites. I want, well, I don't say I want, but as an outsider, I'm going slightly for Italy. I don't know, I just think their form coming into the tournament and they seem to be well organised by Mancini. So I'm going to go Italy, but France are definitely the favourites. And last question, where do you think England are going to get to? How far are we going to get? Are we going to win the whole thing? Well, obviously, you've gone for France, but where could we get to? Quarterfinals at best. Ooh, okay. A lot of people were saying semi-finals, but we're going to go for quarterfinals. I, yeah, I would like to say we could get through to the semi-finals, but I'm not sure we've even had much time to even practice together. Obviously, Southgate's rested a fair few players. So we shall see. So National League eventually coming to conclusion... Of course, remind ourselves that there's no relegation this season because the uh, National League North and South folded very early. So um, nobody goes down, although Dover, who uh, famously chose not to play any matches, they're um, going to start next season with a 12-point deduction and a £40,000 fine. So um, 
different opinions on that, but uh, that's what's going to happen. So last over the weekend, Saturday, Notts County, Chesterfield, the local derby. Uh, a really interesting match, actually, Meadow Lane. Only one-legged. I, I thought they were two-legged, but only one-legged. So uh, whoever wins, wins. Uh, Row or Raw rather, opened the score in 27 minutes for Chesterfield. Uh, Wouldn't equalise soon after. Uh, but then Mandeville gave Chesterfield a 2-1 lead at half-time. So Chesterfield went in at half-time, 2-1 up. Uh, Wooten got his second to equalise, 71st minute. And then a last gasp winner for Notts County, Mark Ellis in the 90th minute. Chesterfield keeper James Montgomery uh, was injured. He could barely walk apparently in the second half. So um, very unlucky. Chesterfield up against it, um, didn't quite get through. Um, James Montgomery keeper. That's funny that because um, you won't remember this, of course, but back in the 70s, I think, Sunderland beat Leeds famously in the final at Wembley, FA Cup final. And James Montgomery was the uh, Sunderland goalkeeper. Maybe right. If you have a look, Google it. One of the best saves, possibly the best save you'll ever see uh, Jim Montgomery make against Leeds. So, James Montgomery. Uh, so, Newport, sorry, Newport, Notts County now face uh, Torquay next Saturday, which uh, is one of the finals. But then there's two finals and then there's still a final after that final. So, Notts County, Torquay next week. Following day, Sunday, so that was a 3-2, five-goal thriller. Sunday, Hartlepool, Bromley. Uh, Hartlepool started off um, like a, a, a real sort of steam train. Three goals in seven minutes. 3 nil up by the 20th minute. Uh, Resorts got two, that's 17 for the season. And Luke Armstrong got the other. Uh, but Bromley uh, came back, 3-1, going into extra time or into added on time. Then got a 90-second minute goal. All got a bit uh, scary for Hartlepool briefly, but they still managed to hang on to uh, exactly the same, same score as the previous day. So 3-2 to Hartlepool. Uh, still there for Jeff. And they're um, next week in the other final of the first leg of finals. Uh, they're playing uh, Hartlepool. So uh, a tough match for them. So Torquay, Notts County, Stockport, Hartlepool. And the winners of those go into the final, final, final which is soon yeah. after, <laughs> I think. So there you go, National League still bubbling under. Right, rave this week. So I've also talked a lot about the Euros and there's been quite a big build-up now to the broadcasters lined up for the Euros. There's a lot of a face-off, the BBC versus ITV. But overall, I'm pretty happy with the people that we've got coveraging, covering it. Um, there seems to be a fair few female commentators and presenters, which I think is really good. Alex Scott, obviously, she's also been announced as she's going to be taking on Football Focus. And uh, she's also representing BBC. So BBC, just a few names that I've picked out that are going to be some of their people discussing and talking and covering the Euros. They've got Alan Shearer. Um, they've got a lot of the match of day people, obviously, BBC. Fabregas, he's come over. Thierry Henry, Klinsman from Germany. And like I said, Alex Scott, Gary Lineker is going to be hosting a lot of it. So it seems to have quite a lot of people with a lot of past experience within the Euros, quite diverse countries represented from the BBC. And then I've worked out that I think ITV have gone for a little bit more of the entertainment side, if you could call it that way. You've got Graham Souness and Keane, which are always quite interesting as a panel. Keane and Vieira, 
which I don't think is accidental that they've put them also in the same group. Uh, Eni Aluko, the female uh, commentator, she's very good. Ian Wright as well, Gary Neville. So there seem to be a few more like bigger characters, I'll say, for the ITV coverage. But either way, yeah, I'm super excited. Who would you say in general is your favourite, if you could say football pundit on TV? Ooh, I think the probably the one I think that gives the best difficulty, isn't it? I like yeah. uh, Micah Richards for his sort of uh, chirpy banter. But yeah. I think Neville probably is the one that talks the most sense, if that's fair. And he's yep. very unbiased, where some of them seem a bit biased. I think Neville's probably up there, I think. Yeah, but overall, just super excited, really. I think they've got a good lineup of people. And yeah, I'm excited about the Euros in general. What's your rave for the week? It's very similar to the Euros. So I think just the, as you talked about, the, the wall chart that's banned from the lounge. Yeah. And <laughs> magazines coming out of every newspaper. and Good coverage, isn't it? Very, very good. And you sort of forget that we've not had anything big like that to celebrate. Um, Lions tours around the corner. Obviously, with no fans and stuff, but I think yeah, yeah the Euros, the the press and TV seem to be making a good effort of bigging uh, it up, and um, we're there to enjoy. Barnet of the week. Well, obviously, looking at the Euros, and I've gone for someone who I think's just really nailed the Barnet now for a fair few years. They've made it their look. I've gone for thirty-five-year-old Luka Modric. Obviously, plays for Croatia. And I think now when you say Luka Modric, everyone naturally just thinks of, they know him and recognise him through his barnet. He's got the old Alice band, hair past the ears, not too long, middle parting. I just think that's it now. He's never really changed his barnet. He keeps it going. Always looks pretty decent. And it's just more of an iconic look for him. I just think if he was to shave all his hair off, it wouldn't wouldn't look right. So Luka Modric is going to get my barnet. And I think we're going to see a fair bit of him in the Euros this year. What about you? Yeah, Euros. Might as well stick with the Euros. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm gone for Liverpool's uh, Shakiri Shakiri. Oh, okay. So just, again, he's got a very recognisable uh, haircut. And, um, Quite curly, isn't it? Yeah, he's sort of, uh, yeah, I think, you'd, again, you'd recognise Shakiri as he uh, dazzles down the wing or whatever he's going to do. Hopefully he'll do a bit of dazzling and a bit yeah. of dribbling. But uh, yeah, Shakiri Shakiri. So ones to watch, well... Obviously, I've got my little booklet here. You're talking about the Euros and all the stuff they've put in the papers. And I suppose you've got to just say the first one to watch is the first match, full stop, Turkey versus Italy, Friday, June the 11th. So under a week, which is very exciting, 8pm. It's held in Rome. I forgot to mention that. Well, actually, did I mention? Yeah, there's 11 cities. It's all held across Europe. And that's going to be on the BBC. But obviously, you've got to watch, main ones to watch is England's first match, versus Croatia in the group Sunday June the 13th 2pm that is obviously in London and that's on the BBC as well um, you said yesterday that you think it's a good thing that England are playing Croatia first I'm not sure about that I wouldn't mind a bit of more of an easier start uh, get it out of the way they can probably uh, if they if they then qualify by the third match they can rest people and stuff like that so if you have your toughest match last you're gonna have to put your best team out so might give them a chance to have a bit of a rest last question i've got to mention this if we win group d then we're playing the runner-up of hungary portugal france or germany so you think we're playing either portugal or germany but if we come runner-up in our group we potentially play maybe sweden poland or slovakia would southgate tactically try and get us runner-up because i think runners-up would give us a better draw in round of 16 no. No, he's just going to go to win it. Yes. Fair enough. Probably the right decision as well. 
Uh, go on then, what are your ones to watch? Yeah, just those, again, those final, nearly the final finals. Torquay, Notts County at Plainmore. I assume they still call it Plainmore. And Stockport, Hartlepool, I'm assuming they still call it Edgerley Park. Two grounds I've never been to before, but two teams that I might end up watching next year, perhaps, when they get one of them gets up in the league. Also, Notts County and Hartlepool in those matches. I think it'll be Torquay beating Notts County just, and uh, I think Hartlepool will uh, keep going and beat Stockport. So that'll end up uh, Torquay, Hartlepool final, I am guessing. Right, that's it for this week. And we have made the decision that we are going to sign out now, sign off for the summer. To be fair, Dad, since COVID, we pretty much kept going with all of our podcasts through last summer, even when matches weren't on. And yeah, we have been we've been doing this podcast now for a fair while. So we're going to have a little break over the summer. We are on social media on Twitter. So at plants underscore rants. And we'll keep you posted as to when we're going to be back. But we are going to kick back and relax the Euros and have a little break from the podcast. But don't forget that you can listen back to all of our episodes that we've got. You can go to our website, literally just search football chants and rants with the plants. And you'll see all of our podcasts. You can go back and listen to our chat with Gary Mabbott. And yeah, you can just catch up on anything that we've spoken about over the last couple of years. What are you going to do with your Sundays off now, Dad? You're going to be uh, doing some more gardening. Definitely weeding. Definitely weeding. So yeah, thank you so much for everyone that has listened. Keep an eye out on our social media. We'll let you know when we're back. But hopefully it'll be for the beginning of all the domestic matches in the Premier League and things like that. But thank you very much. We'll be back with some more football charts on the rants of the plants very, very soon. We'll be right back. 